Hello, this is Joshua P. Warren, and you are listening to Joshua P. Warren Daily. And, uh, you know, I am uh, excited to say I've been doing this new daily podcast for a week now, and uh, so I, uh, I'm feeling good about myself. It's the first time I've ever done uh, a radio broadcast for seven days in a row straight of any kind, and I want to thank each and every one of you listening for that, because I'm not recording this just for myself, you know. I'm recording it because you're listening to it. And I can see when you're listening, I can see when it's played, and I can see how many times it gets played, and I'm quite impressed. And so uh, as long as you keep listening, I'll keep doing these, but it's important for you to tell all your friends about it as well, because as you know, I'm just getting started. And uh, being that this is the middle of October, um, I'm a little more stationary than usual. Usually I'm just sort of bouncing all over the place. But uh, because it's the middle of October, I'm doing a lot of stuff around Western North Carolina where we have my uh, museum and tours and all that. And I'm doing a lot of media stuff as well. So even though right now a lot of what uh, I'm giving you is sort of oriented around um, – my current position, I guarantee you, uh, over the coming months, <laughs> I'll be joining you from some pretty unusual locations and doing some pretty weird stuff. Um, I also want to let you know that I, you know, I'm so happy with all of the wonderful feedback. I've gotten so many kind comments, wonderful tweets, and email messages, et cetera, from people telling me how much they love this daily podcast. Um, and I also have gotten a lot of suggestions about other sort of podcast services that uh, various listeners hope that I will use. So it's not uncommon for someone to send me a message and say, hey, uh, here's a podcast service you ought to hook up with. And I appreciate those suggestions, and I take that as a compliment, but I want you to know that every single time you have a podcast like this and you make an agreement for it to be distributed on another platform, there's a whole new set of guidelines and rules, and at the end of it, you have to hit the I agree button. And little by little, that will whittle away at your freedom. And so the very point of this podcast and the way I'm producing it is to keep it as independent as possible. So um, that means that it might not necessarily appear on whatever platform you like to use, but if you make that extra little effort to get it the ways that we've set up through Stitcher or iTunes or just by going directly to the site uh, where there's also an RSS feed, if you make that effort, the payoff is you're getting unfiltered, unedited, raw content without me having to worry about bowing to any other person. Nobody's paying me to do this. I don't have to put in any commercial breaks, etc. So that said, um, I do want to go ahead and sort of uh, wrap up what I have been talking about with you over these past couple podcasts regarding the significance of time and the paranormal. And I think that sets a really important stage because um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that quote by uh, Charles Fort, the great American explorer of the strange documenter of weird news. Uh, he said, you can measure a circle beginning anywhere. And I feel like that 
it doesn't matter how you enter this field we call paranormal research. If you enter it from the perspective of a ghost researcher or a ufologist or a cryptozoologist or somebody who's interested in ESP and psychic phenomena, if you stick with it long enough, eventually you will see how each of these things connect with each other. Now, some people in these particular fields do not like that idea. Some people even feel insulted by it because you have, for example, uh, one person who might be in the UFOs who says, no, 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 these are crafts. They're, they may be an exotic technology, but they don't have anything to do with ghosts. Well, what that person may not be thinking about is what we're really dealing with here is the relationship between matter and energy and how that stuff can be manipulated for technology, as well as how it might be naturally filtered and separated through what we call spiritual processes. So there is a connection there. And if you spend long enough with any of these areas, eventually you should see the other connections, because after all, we are living in a universe, right? Universe. That means everything is ultimately unified in some particular way. So I'll give you some specific examples of this, though. Um, I think that the number one thing that unifies all of the things we consider paranormal is anomalies and time. So let's start with ghosts. This is an easy one. Usually when someone sees a ghost, they're seeing something that happened in the past. Occasionally they're seeing something from the future, and sometimes they are even seeing a weird apparition from the present. Uh, I know that sounds bizarre, but I talk about it in my book, How to Hunt Ghosts. So clearly, ghosts are often visions that appear to be out of their natural, normal place in time, and often in time and space. So there's your time element there. Uh, when it comes to UFOs, uh, frequently, you have these reports about, say, a guy in Texas driving his pickup truck down the road on a Wednesday night at 10 p.m., and all of a sudden he sees the big Spielberg close encounters flying saucer hovering over the road. And when the guy ends up in the midst of this shaft of light beaming down, all of a sudden his truck stops working. And so here he is, mesmerized, until finally the thing flies away, and then suddenly the truck starts working again. He does not have to turn the ignition to restart the engine. So that does, it shows you that it's not like the truck was shut down and had to be restarted. Instead, it was like somebody hit the pause button on time. Now, you might ask yourself, why is it? that he remained conscious throughout this. Well, that's because your brain is a little miniature time machine in and of itself. That's why you can remember so clearly what you had for lunch yesterday, or you can imagine what you're going to experience tomorrow. This is a form of mental time travel. And that's one of the things that's so perplexing about the brain because consciousness allows us to transcend the boundaries of time. So uh, you have people who report missing time, of course, with UFO encounters. So again, time is very prominent. Uh, let's look at cryptids. Well, how often do you hear stories about someone following a Bigfoot and all of a sudden the Bigfoot disappears and you still have the footprints and the footprints just stop in mid-track? It's just as if Bigfoot has been spirited away somehow Obviously, however we explain this, 
the creature has manipulated its position in space. And we know that space and time are connected into this one fabric we call space-time. Uh, how many times do you hear about somebody throwing a net, so to speak, over a cryptid and the thing just vanishing? I was talking last night to Mobius about this very topic. Uh, in fact, in Puerto Rico, there is a prominent experience I was told about uh, where a chupacabra was uh, trying, well, it was basically killing a bunch of animals in a village in the 1920s. And now, by chupacabra, I'm not talking about some mangy coyote here. I'm talking about a bipedal, four-foot-tall, almost reptilian or certainly insectoid-looking thing with big black eyes and fangs, spines running down its back, sort of hunched over. This is what they talk about in Puerto Rico, the birthplace of the chupacabra. They baited this thing and uh, put a goat in a metal trap. And uh, that night, sure enough, the trap was sprung, and they hear all this terrible screeching inside. And uh, the guys creep up there with their guns and machetes, and they open the trap. And here is the dead goat inside, but no chupacabra. So these cryptids often can change their position in space. And so, therefore, you have, again, time. It should be pretty obvious when it comes to ESP and psychic phenomena, the ability to see into the future or perhaps to uh, observe things that happened in the past. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you in a minute about um, a new issue that has been brought to me, uh, an object that a guy wants me to study, which sort of ties into this. But before I get to that, I just want to point out that um, sometimes, just before something dramatically paranormal occurs, there is a moment of absolute stillness and silence. It's uh, an eerie peacefulness that you might not even notice as it's happening, only in retrospect. There is a, a researcher named Jenny Randalls who calls this the Oz Factor. And um, basically, uh, it's sort of like you have this absolute quiet moment and then all hell breaks loose and something quite extraordinary occurs and then you snap back to to what's normal again now what does that mean you know what is what is happening when that occurs well let's get back to this idea of time for a second now we envision time linearly so that means we think of it as being sort of like well, remember that ant I was talking about yesterday, walking back and forth on the picture? Well, now let's take that ant and put it on a calendar. So that ant is just walking from left to right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and that is how we imagine time flowing. Now, that's certainly not how it works, but that's how we imagine it, because we are humans and we don't have the ability to conceive of how things actually are. We need models and reference points. So we think of everything happening linearly. Okay, fine. Let's use that as our reference point. But instead of just having a big long strip, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, what if that strip isn't always flat, moving in the same direction? What if that strip can bend and twist? Speaking of Mobius, you may have heard of a special design called a Mobius strip. Basically, if you take a strip of paper and you make one twist in it 
and then attach the two ends together so it forms sort of like a figure eight. That is called a Mobius strip. And you can, if you don't understand this, if you can't visualize it, look up Mobius strip on the internet and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Now let's say we take that ant and we put it on the Mobius strip. As he's walking along, something very odd will happen to that ant. There will come a point at which he will switch from one side of the strip to the other side and then back again. But from his point of view, he will not notice this transition. That is the peculiar thing about a Mobius strip. I used to do demonstrations where I'd have a big Mobius strip and I'd put a pin on it and start drawing a line down the middle and say, now note, I'm never going to lift the pin off the paper. And I would keep drawing it uh, just straight, 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 straight on the paper. And finally, I would come back to the beginning, the very first point. And then I would detach the two ends of the Mobius strip and show everyone that I indeed have drawn a line down both sides of the strip, even though the pen was never lifted from the paper. Now, I bring this up because what if time, instead of having this uh, linear form, does have similar twists and turns? And we are marching along, so to speak, kind of like that ant. And so occasionally, you might reach a twist and not even realize that you have slipped over onto the other side. And it is during that moment of transition where everything is quiet and still because for that period of time, you're neither here nor there, so to speak. Not quite here, not quite there. And, and once you get fully transitioned, Whoa, now something amazing happens, and then, of course, you transition back to the more normal side of things. Maybe that is how time applies to this. I wrote a book that has done quite well called The Secret Wisdom of Kukulkan, in which I talk a lot about time and uh, something that I created called the paratemporal loop hypothesis, which might explain how there are various time loops and how that maybe one moment uh, Bigfoot exists, and the next moment he doesn't exist, and then the next moment he's back again. Uh, maybe that's because we're shifting through different timelines. Or perhaps you've noticed this with celebrities. You see some type of a, uh, uh, a report saying a celebrity has died, and then you find out a few days later, nope, that person's still alive. And you say, what the heck? And you go back and you look and you could have sworn you knew you saw this, but you can't find it. There are many examples of this throughout history. There's a famous Thunderbird photo that was taken in 1890 in Tombstone, Arizona, that thousands of people have seen supposedly, but nobody can find it now when they go back to look for it. These days, a lot of people have started calling this the Mandela effect. But uh, I still kind of call it the dead celebrities phenomenon because that's sort of what I always heard about it and thought about it as back in the day. So time is a perplexing thing, obviously. It's probably the key to understanding everything. But I want you to keep all of that in mind as we proceed and progress with these podcasts because that may help you look at things from a slightly different and more open perspective. Now. What I was going to mention is that uh, I do get contacted by people all the time 
who want to share with me some type of object, and that's because I do own the Asheville Mystery Museum. And we do have some haunted and some would say cursed items and objects. And most people know that I've done a lot of research on Robert the Haunted Doll down in Key West. I even wrote a whole ebook about that, which you can find if you go to the uh, curiosity shop of my website, joshuapwarren.com. And so people do contact me from time to time. Also, of course, I've worked a lot with Zach Bagans. And Zach, he just recently opened his new haunted museum in Las Vegas. And let me tell you something, that place is amazing. But Zach's got some stuff in there that I would not even own. I mean, he's got all kinds of, like, serial killer uh, items and some stuff related to uh, atrocities of, of uh, wars and whatnot. And I, I really don't want things that have that much of a dark provenance, uh, frankly. So, uh, you know, Zach, is, he's willing to take more risks in that department. But I do get people who contact me, and they offer me things, items, and Sometimes I'll accept them and sometimes I won't. But uh, I have a fellow who's been trying to get in touch with me for a long time. And he's been having trouble pinning me down because of my travels. But he has a ring that he wants me to look at that supposedly has an attachment. Now, I'm not going to tell you too much more about this. But he said that he has had some psychometrists look at this and tell him about this bizarre history this ring has. And I mention this especially because psychometry is the idea that you can take an object into your hands and somehow you can look into its past. You can see things related to the history of the item. And even though this is extraordinary, I have heard that, that, that some of the best antiques dealers in the world secretly have this ability. And they use that to their benefit when they are doing their antiquing. So uh, I'm making arrangements right now to try to get together with this fella and see what the story is behind this ring. And I will let you know as that develops what I find. But um, this is one of those things that, who knows, maybe I'll, uh, I'll like it and it'll end up in my collection. Maybe I'll like it so much I'll do some experiments. Or maybe I'll say, no, thank you, keep that. Or in some cases, I even tell people, go out and bury this thing, you know, it, it, or throw it into the ocean or whatever, because it doesn't, uh, it needs to go back to the earth. So I'll let you know how that goes. But anyway, um, yes, as you know, at busy times, I'll have plenty more to tell you about tomorrow. Uh, let me remind you, this month of October, we are doing our tours every single night. There is some kind of tour at 8 p.m. Sometimes we'll have one at 5 p.m. Uh, so far, just about every tour is selling out. So if you're interested and you're in the Asheville area, go to hauntedashville.com and come party with us one night. All right, my friends. Again, uh, Joshua P. Warren is the website. Go there for uh, access to this podcast. You'll see the link at the top. And I hope you'll also check out my curiosity shop, especially if you're interested in some of the things I've written, like uh, the material on Robert the Haunted Dog. So, as usual, thank you for your interest. Thank you for your support. Thank you for keeping me going here for a week. Thank you for your curiosity. And I will talk to you again soon.